welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, we are all very important and in-demand people. And do you know how I know that? It's because, it, it's because we're all traveling this week. Um, <laughs> traveling and talking about how much you're traveling is the way to let, let people know just by way of a gentle reminder how important and in-demand you are. So, and you have, boys, to, sort of, you you have us... to sort of exude a disaffected exhaustion about the whole thing. Sort Dude, of just right. A, yeah, you're so, the so much time traveling, on the road. You know? I'm not excited. You know, I'm just packing another bag, just yeah. life on the road, you know, but, uh, <laughs> pipe, where, where are you, man? You, you are someplace glamorous. So uh, I want you to let us know where you're at. Well, I, Ronnie, I want to ask you not to be jealous because I too am, am touring mm. middle America this week. Um, mm. and I know, yeah, no, not at all. You guys I can compete in full heart. tours. I know that I this, is, I know that this is your, your dominion. Um, but, <laughs> but here I am, I'm treading, uh, I should have asked permission. I'm in Kansas city right now at the time of this Ooh. recording, although this afternoon Ooh. I'll be flying to Dallas, which is no offense to our Texan listeners, but one of my least favorite places on earth. Um, well, Piper, yeah. when you say Kansas City, are you basically in another word saying the home of at Jared C. Wilson? I, is that what we're talking about? Oh, he owns that. I, 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 yeah, I probably, I probably should have led with that. I should have said I'm, I'm in the hometown of Jared C. Wilson. Pipe, um, are there are there vestiges of at Jared C. Wilson visible all over that city? You know what I mean? Just as you're driving around. It's a bit more of an ambiance than it is like an <laughs> yeah. actual tangible, visible things. I mean, there's not a lot of actual tangible, I mean, visible stuff in Kansas City. But well, Piper, uh, you don't need my permission. You need Jared C. Wilson's permission to enter that town. You don't even need to talk to me. That's who you need to be talking to. Well, I was to. invited here by his boss. So I'm oh. going to assume that I'm okay. Because Are you trying to say that at Jared C. Wilson has a boss? Because I think that's new information for well, me right I mean, now. Struck, like, in terms of Dude, authority structure. Structure. I don't know that he actually. Like the, it's the president like of the owner of Twitter. <laughs> it's the, the president is, is of Midwestern Seminary is I think oh, technically okay. his boss. So um, no, we we are. I was here for a book launch event for a book we're doing on Charles Spurgeon um, called "The Lost Sermons of C. H. Spurgeon." There, there's my there's my work plug. Now I can say whatever I mm. want. Um, mm. And, uh, yeah, I have to say when you get a hundred seminarians in a room, it, it makes me a little <laughs> nervous about the future of the pastorate because they basically <laughs> look like they're either, they're either dressing up for the role of pastor or they look homeless. <laughs> like there's, That's there's awesome. kind of no in between. Can, and it's, it's like, it's, so it's like pretend pastors or real live homeless people. Yeah. You know, they're just segmenting themselves. So the real I life mean, homeless guys are going to be church planters <laughs> and the, and the, the other guys are going to like. They're going to get a job at the kind of church that has like 55 pastors on their roster. Yeah, I just, you know what I mean? I don't trust people in blue blazers. I don't know. Like, they well, just, I, mean, I don't look at them and go, man. Baby, every down, every every guy down here over the age of like twelve is in a blue blazer. <laughs> that means you don't trust anybody down here. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical. I'm I'm suss that you, out with, with, with the homeless with thing. The what hom- are you talking about? You're talking about just kid, like 21 year olds, just trying to look like I'm. You know, I'm training to be a pastor, but I don't look like it. Is it well, that vibe? Or, or like, sadly, like 28 and 29 year olds, they probably are married yeah. with you know four kids, and uh, okay. you know because they're working on a you know a, a master's thesis or something that they just apparently shaving and, and bathing and combing one's hair and grooming in general and and wearing something I'm too other- busy too busy for hygiene. And, yeah. uh, yeah. And, and like they, it's, it's like ratty khakis with like white walking shoes or, uh, or flip flops <laughs> oh, wow. okay. or something. I mean, it's, it, there's sort of a range because some of them are sort of like the, the, the granola kind of hips mm-hmm. or like, like homeless hipster kind of look. And mm-hmm. others just look like, like 
they're homeschoolers who got kicked out of the house and never changed mm-hmm. their clothes and they don't really know how to make it in the world. Yeah, those are like the uh, those are like the 19 year olds that are probably there. You yeah, it's, I mean? it's it's all, I mean it's, it's just I look around and my first thought was I don't know that I would want to sit under any of these guys as a pastor. I mean, granted, I'm <laughs> I'm older than most of them, which does make a difference to some degree. But it's just a uh, it was it was disorienting to me, and probably something I need to get used to because I'll probably be on seminary campuses a lot more. But um, maybe I don't know. It was a, it was an interesting thing, especially when you look at the professors, and they're like these clean cut, sharply yeah. dressed. Uh, you know. They look like skilled professionals, um, and the students look like there's no way they'll ever make it there. Well, Pipe, it's interesting because I was, you know, in my travels last week. Of course, I was I was on the Trinity campus for a few days and hanging out with uh, with DA Carson, obviously, and Kevin Van Hooser, obviously, yeah. with a little special guesting by. I don't know uh, who the Alvin other guy Miller, is, but you know, but um, yeah, but it was <laughs> funny, like checking out the range of the kind of dudes that are that are investing. You know, there and it's like it's literally all over. So you see these dudes that literally are decked out, right? You're like, oh my god, like who are you trying to impress right now? And then you got the other guys that look like they have just perpetually been waking up their whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, they're still just getting rolling. You know, they're easing into this thing. <laughs> yeah, they well they they would they would be hung over if if not in if that context. Drink. You'd be like, if oh yeah, allowed, like, this if, is... was, if they were allowed to be hung over, <laughs> yeah. they would be hung over. Right. You, oh, you expected to see them at 7 a.m. at Denny's, you know, eating, eating off right. the night before. But but no, like they're, burrito, they're in systematic you know. theology. I think you mean Panera, but I think we all get the point. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Panera is the Denny's of the seminary crowd. <laughs> There's some truth. In, it's funny. That was the first place that was recommended to us on campus because we we had some gaps between meetings. Somebody's like, well, there's a Panera bread just around the corner. I'm like, well. Mm. How about of course, a there's shop? a Panera Bread just around the corner. It's a seminary. <laughs> That's what, right. Because, what you're, else because you're a Christian and you have some time to kill. Why, so there's not going to be a Tim Hortons go? around the corner. There's going to yeah, be right. a Panera. Right? There's not going to be and, a Dunkin' Donuts. And we don't recommend Starbucks because they have red cups. And so, because that's yeah, the that's devil. Yeah, that's on that, We'll save that for our Christmas. App that's right. About it's seasonal. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm getting my seasons out of place. <laughs> your your uh, your love for Christmas is spilling over onto me, Ronnie. Hang on, hang on, boys. Pipe, you have a little uh, you have a little business to conduct, and it's special. It's, I do. Uh, it's a it's a special item of business this week, and I pre- uh, I appreciate it- getting the platform for this because uh, you guys aren't making any money off of this. <laughs> it's nor- <laughs> and right. normally that is like that's the ticket in is pay us. Um, that's that's really how we're geared. I mean, Ron, Ron and I are businessmen first and foremost. Pipe, you should yes, know this absolutely. about us. We're we're about making deals. Um, we're about corporate life. Mm-hmm. So I mean, really, what we're doing here is. Uh, we're kind of letting our guard down for a week. It's, so it's why don't you talk like, about what it's like your pro bono work. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. It is. Yeah. Yes. We're giving. This is like charity work for us. Um, <laughs> I, I love being a charity case. It's my favorite. Thing. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, so, so pipe, tell us about your product. So I have a book coming out March 1st called the curious Christian. And so at the time of when we release this, that'll be, I think, a little bit less than two weeks out. It's about 10 days out. So I uh, wanted to let listeners know about that. But if if you go to CuriousChristianBook.com, you can read more about the book. You could order it through there. But there's also a little quiz we put together to just sort of gauge what kind of a curious person are you. And it's one that I wrote, so it, it uh, makes fun of people um, because that's what I enjoy doing. It's one of my uh, – I think it's a spiritual gift. So you go to CuriousChristianBook.com. You can check that out. You can go to Amazon and get it. They have the Kindle editions up there, paperback, the audiobook that I read. So if you love my voice and want to listen to it for like 11 straight hours, um, you can you can get the audiobook through Audible 
or you can go to christianaudio.com if you're a member there or have an account there. You can get it, you can get it through there. And, uh, sneak peek, we're probably going to work out some sort of a Christian audio special to do through the podcast. And maybe you want to hold off on that, but just wanted to let people know that the book is very soon coming out. Go to curiouschristianbook.com, take the little quiz, see what kind of a curious person you are and be made fun of a little bit and, uh, and then buy one for you and for all your friends. Nice. There well you go. Done. That's that's good business, Pipe. Yeah, that was, can that was I, impressive. Uh, can I just tease a, another little business deal that we have in the works? Please do. There's going to be Happy Rant branded coffee. Uh, yes. I'm in discussions, high-level discussions with a, a hipster uh, coffee roaster who who is not from America. So that makes him even more kind of mysterious and compelling in the coffee world. Um, he is from Puerto Rico. He's roasting his own coffee. Uh, he does an amazing job, and he's developing a blend uh, just for this program. So the the blend will be co-branded uh, between his company and ours, and uh, it will be available only for Happy Rant listeners. If, if you were going to gonna describe coffee that tasted like the Happy Rant podcast, like what are those flavor yeah. notes? Mm, fascinating mm. question, Pipe. This is this is why you're you're a good radio personality, you know. Um, you, you bring that, that kind of intrigue on a week by week basis. I would mm. say, and Ron, you, you're, you know what, let's, let's have Ron go first. You're the coffee guy, baby. I want you to, I want you to tease out what kind Guys, of, you know, I, I know that, I know that you like, and our listeners like to think I'm the coffee guy, but, I, but I'm actually very humble in, in my coffee intake. I, I am kind of a Folgers guy cause my wife likes Folgers, but, yeah. um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really that concerned, but I, I'll tell you what I like. I like more of a – this is what I'm hoping for our brand. And by the way, let me just add before I get into this. It's, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a part of me that's excited, and then there's a part of me that's fearful about our coffee brand because mm. it's tough when you, when you peak early. And this mm. is a peak for mm. us. This mm. is a peak, a peak for us. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I, I see this as the, the tip of the iceberg, though. There's going to be so many other products. And oh, so you think the first rung on the ladder? It's the first rung on the ladder. So many other deals yeah. and partnerships that that are that are in the works uh, because of this. I think. So what I like in my coffee is I, I typically like a very mild but very kind of warm, flavorful roast. I don't like the really dark, heavy, bitter roast. So I, I'd kind of like a, a blend. That's what I'm hoping for because that's what the rant is, right? So well, I, I mean, it's, I uh, think, we don't, we don't I think take ourselves. To, yeah, go ahead. It's almost like we need multiple, uh, multiple roasts because that you just described your personality. I think, um, kind of mild, mellow, warm. Um, whereas mm. I love dark I roast. It. That's a little bit, it's a little bit bitter. <laughs> it's a little bit mm. strong. Uh, mm. and you know, it'll, not for everybody. Yeah. You know? It, you know, you, 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 you know, you, this is an, in, this is an investment in this, this dark, like kick you in the teeth, wake you up cup of coffee. That's, mm. that's Absolutely. my preference. Okay. Um, and so, so I, I, I don't know how you blend those two into a single roast. Maybe we, maybe we can work with this person to have like the Ronnie roast. And the pipe oh. roast, and then and then Ted, what what would yours be? You know what, mine will be uh, just beautiful when it's photographed. You know what I mean. <laughs> so if you're if you're the kind of hipster that wants to like put your coffee in a mug and like put it on your 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 desk that used to be a barn door, and then take a picture of it, that, that that's my blend. Um, it's beautiful when photographed. It's it's shallow. There's kind of nothing to it beyond that. Um, but but it, but it will look great in a picture. You know, what's funny right now is I, I feel like our listeners need to know that right now what they're getting sort of a, a view of is, is how our how our, our prep meetings go. There's a lot of a lot of business going on right now. There's a lot of visioning. There's a lot of dreaming. Yeah, there's a lot of ambition. Casting. 
That's a lot right. of vision casting. Yes. Right. And so, so guys, if you're listening out there right now, this, this is really getting sort of a, just a, just a, just a tiny eyes view of uh, mm. what goes on behind the scenes mm. at the, uh, the HR here. So it's fascinating, isn't it? It Ronnie? is. Fascinating. I mean, just, just to, to peek behind the curtain and we are fascinating. I feel like this is, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a culture podcast. It's a humor pod. It's a business podcast really though. Um, that's, that's what the, that's what the listener is getting. And, uh, boys, we have, we have a few things to talk about here quickly before we, uh, before we get completely sidetracked on our business deals. Um, there was yet another ridiculous award show that happened in our culture. Uh, it was the Grammys. It happened about a week ago and there's been an outcry. Uh, of people on Twitter uh, begging us to talk about the Grammys. And uh, I have to come clean here and say that uh, in years past, KK and I were huge award show people. Like we would have parties and and we would sort of get excited about these things. And then I don't know how many years ago it was, but we just sort of quit completely. Um, I think it jumped the shark in that the whole thing like kind of overnight became just boring and ridiculous. So I didn't watch the Grammys. I didn't go anywhere near the Grammys. Uh, we're going to talk about Chance the Rapper in a minute, so I, I did watch that online. But um, I don't know. What do you guys want to say about the Grammys? People want to hear us talk about this this thing. So, um, uh, Big R, you're, you're, again, you're the music guy. You're the man of the cloth. You're the coffee guy. Um, why don't you get us started on this? Yeah, man. I No, I appreciate that, man. I, I struggle. I've always struggled with the Grammys because what it does is it just caters to – you know, it, it caters to just the heights of, you know, contemporary pop music and which, again, I, I like a lot of contemporary pop, but it's just it really is really kind of the kind of what, what, what pushes it, kind of what generates, you know, the categories is sales and popularity and things of that nature. So to me, the Grammys are, are just not incredibly compelling and interesting. And every once in a while, something kind of pops up out of them where you go, well, that's unusual. They took a risk there. They took a chance. They invited an artist that is not at the top of the charts and they're giving them a chance. So, um, I, man, I don't really engage that much with it. And I guess maybe it's just sort of my, uh, my background and my general, uh, you know, my, my general sort of, uh, you know, I'm a little more drawn to artists that are a little less known. And of course, you guys are going to say, of course, but um, just guys that are a little more on the French naturally, right? It's just music. The kind of music I like is not something you're going to see being featured at the Grammys, you know? So, um, but nevertheless, I still, you know, I, I enjoy the spectacle. I think, um, I think that it gives way to uh, having artists being able to put on really, you know, amazing performances. And I think that's kind of what you get out of it more than anything is you'll get mm-hmm. artists that are at their peak, um, having the budget, the money, and the platform to put on a pretty amazing performance, which of course we saw with a Chance the Rapper, who it, everybody is. Just it would going, be helpful if they hired a sound guy who didn't suck, though. You know yeah. what? Though that's always the complaint because how do you <laughs> capture that? It's super difficult. And um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was a couple of performances where like one singer's mic just wasn't on or wasn't working, totally. and like that's. That seems like a mild oversight for, that feels for an audio performance. That, yeah, that feels like a lot of people are fired now because of that. But um, yeah. I don't but know. again, the baseline of the job is like turn the mics on. So um, I don't, you know, I don't feel too terrible for the person who failed to do that job. I, I like, what did you think? Man? What's your take on the Grammys? I like the Grammys more than other award shows um, because it, okay. it, it usually it, it for two reasons. One, there's usually just a high level of ridiculous. Like the Oscars are so pretentious that I want to, you know, smack three quarters of the people who say anything. Right. 
the Grammys make me laugh just kind of nonstop because they're just there's absurdity. <laughs> some of the performances are ridiculous. Some of them are amazing and some of them are it's like the NBA draft in that regard. It's a little bit you like know? that. Yeah. And then the other thing is the the people who are there in attendance. Now, granted, they're only showing the A-listers. They're not showing the you know, the the upper decks. They they're enjoying themselves for the most part. You know, it's mm-hmm. there's a they get to enjoy other people's performances and then you get to watch people in like tuxes and and uh evening gowns try to like groove to hip hop or something like that and you know you watch like a a country star all decked out for the evening listening to Chance the Rapper and you're like this is just amazing this is it's so bizarre and uh funny and and so that's always fun and then in past years there's always one or two performances that are just phenomenal you know there's one or two total standouts Usually they do one or two tributes to uh, musicians who have passed. So this year it was, it was David Bowie and Prince, and we've talked about them on the podcast before. But uh, or I'm sorry, David Bowie was um, the previous year, and then and then Prince this year, and uh, and they did a they did a Bee Gees uh, <laughs> tribute, even though yeah. they're not dead. Um, but uh, and those those can be either really great or really awful. I thought the Prince one was really cool. Granted, I'm a bit biased, so. There's a lot of reasons I enjoy the Grammys and just so much, so much to poke fun at. Yeah, and, and I think um, – and I really enjoy – You know, I was looking forward to Daft Punk with uh, The Weeknd because I felt like that was a little out of the box and um, and I, and I, I appreciate it. I, think, I didn't think it was a great performance. The Weeknd just – I, I mean I, he I like sounds like every other R&B crooner in the last 20 years. Just he really does. Nothing special. Yeah. But the fact that he worked with Daft Punk on his new record showed a lot of uh, – you know bravitas so it was that was a cool move did, did you say gravitas or bravitas i used the b bravitas i haven't heard that i like it that's, i just made that up that's, that's a new wrong yes guys can we can we te- can we can we file that under new made up words under the ramp yeah hashtag it with i'm category. with us bravitas yes. i like it bravitas b-r-a-v-a-t-a-s yeah, it's strong i thought you got that big t big t do you got that word have you filed that away you, i got it man. i filed in? it yeah, okay. I filed it. Are you are you yeah, with us? For, Do you care? Thanks for asking. Thanks for keeping me engaged in the hey, program. Hey, Big T, hey, we've been talking yeah. about this thing called the Grammys that happened a few days ago. Um, I don't know if you've been following, but like, what are your thoughts on this uh, this music awards show? Well, as you know, what, I, have to, I, have to, I have to admit I'm a little divided in my attention because I'm getting ready for my big travel opportunity because of how in demand and, and important I am. So, Like basically I you're mean, getting I'm, ready for your own Grammys. I am. I'm disaffected and bored about it because that's how I have. That's how I'm supposed to look and feel about travel. But but I'm really actually like kind of excited about it. So oh, I'm wow. only I'm only half listening to this combo about the Grammys. <laughs> well, that was really disclosure. vulnerable. I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I, I you know we've been friends way too long. I can't I can't BS you in this in this way. You know, <laughs> um, I'm I'm not going to slip anything past by uh, old old Ron Martin and uh, and Barnabas Piper. So boys, let's let's go one layer deeper with this Grammys discussion. Um, there was a lot of excitement in the Christian community about uh, one Chance the Rapper. Um, I did watch this performance uh, again. Full disclosure: I have to I have to come clean about my own uh, my own hip hop usage. Um, for for me, there are like there are like three hip hop records. Um, you know, Public Enemy, that's one era. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, that's kind of the second era. And then 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Tryin'. 
is like the third era for me. And which is which is really trying, that's really the uh, the motto of this podcast is get rich or die trying. So it is that's um, that's the that's the impetus for all my business dealings and kind of how I how I live my life. It's why it's why the, you wrote an indie film because what better way to get rich or die trying? That's it. Yeah, I do a ton of work for a film that probably no one will see. Um, I may or may not have a, an entire wall in my house devoted to automatic weapons that I'm occasionally photographed in front of, a la 50 Cent. That's how deep this goes, man. Um, but all this to say, I kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I, I think it's a, and you guys could speak to this, I think it's kind of an aging thing where I just don't care about current rappers because I, I found the ones that I like. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, I have all the rap records that I want. So this, this Chance the Rapper situation is is not that exciting to me one way or the other but apparently in in pipe you can flesh this out more people are getting excited because he like mentioned some christian stuff in his song is that is that where we're going with this it didn't just mention christian stuff so he's he is a you know he's a professing believer very vocal about the role of god like he won two or three awards and profusely thanked god in all of them um, mm-hmm. Pipe, did we know he was a professing believer before the Grammys? That's I think if question. you followed him closely, you did. Um, oh, you did. Okay. He the 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 broader, uh, whiter uh, Christian world had not claimed him as a believer, so he wasn't one of our sort of "Hey, look, we're cool too" guys uh, until the Grammys, I think. Um, but now everybody can claim him because he said God. But then he also performed uh, – he, he has a song that he performed. And so it opens with How Great Is Our God, the Chris Tomlin song, um, and then goes into his part. But he performed it also with Kirk Franklin. And, uh, and so it was, it, was like, it was like a gospel hip-hop uh, kind of blend. And it was, a, it was a fantastic performance. It was really good. I just – I knew the moment that started, I was like, oh – all the white Christians are going to be like, oh, look, we have a cool black Christian who we can claim as our own now. And uh, mm. and it's – Besides Lecrae, I think you want to say. That's well, besides Vody Bauckham? But – I mean, <laughs> is, he, is, is Vody not enough for us? I mean – Vody is not well, enough. He's, I mean Vody, he's, Vody, he's sort of like the Chance the Rapper of the homeschool community. Um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I think of it. I think but, he's the but, Chance the Rapper of the Chance the Rapper community. I mean, let's <laughs> let's just call it what it is. But I know? think I, I don't know. I just Lecrae is a Christian artist, whereas mm-hmm. this guy made it big, like critically acclaimed Dude, guy, rapper. Yeah. He's a general market guy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, yeah. and and he's not. And and you know, you listen to his songs. It's not theology. I mean, there's there's some. Mm-hmm. He he has some. He has some profoundly true lyrics and he's he's a really good artist and the kind of hip-hop artist who i like because it's artistry not sort of club music i don't really like Mm -hmm. club hip-hop but uh i just i don't know i get so uncomfortable when we just attach ourselves to somebody and the christians are constantly trying to legitimize what we believe by being like look another figurehead like you remember five years ago when Bono was kind of still relevant and, uh, and he, you know, and he was a person of faith and kind of vague Mm -hmm. about his Christian beliefs, but some people just swore up and down that he was a born again Christian and others didn't. And we just, we so badly wanted to claim him as one of our tribe. And we do the Mm -hmm. same thing. Like when Jeremy Lin was famous and, Mm. uh, Steph Curry. And it's like, we constantly need famous people to legitimize the thing that, it doesn't really need any legitimization. It's just, or legitimizing. It's just, yeah. It, it, I, that is a thing about Christian culture that forever throws me for a loop. 
Dude, you know what? I have to come clean about something. I've helped the ridiculousness of that phenomenon that you just described two times. Mm. Um, I wrote a book about Jeremy Lin, and then I wrote a book about Robert Griffin III. And both of those things were, were the kind of shameless, like, you know, uh, uh, attachment disorder thing that you're, that you're describing vis-a-vis Christians. So, um, and, and, you know, to be, to be clear, both men blew their knees out, uh, immediately after the books came out and neither book did well. So wow. I think yeah. future athletes need to remember that about you. That's right. Yeah. There's Don't like, the, there's like the, the Madden curse, the problems. sports illustrated curse, the Ted Cluck curse. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I mean, and, and I think it's like the triumvirate of curses right there. I wouldn't mess with that. Don't ever write a biography of me. I, I mean, I don't need my knees so much, but I imagine it's going to like blow out my typing fingers or something. If I did a book with Chance the Rapper, it would, it, oh, it would be blow over. out like his vocal cords. On there, would be, there would be no next <laughs> he, record. He would go on a cocaine no. binge like two days later. <laughs> Just, yeah, exactly. He'd blow out his conscience. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. That's funny and dark. Um, Boys, let's talk about hip hop in general. So th- this is sort of it's shaping up to be the hip hop episode, minus all that stuff about seminary at, on the front end of it. But which is kind um, of hip hop now. If we're gonna dude, be what's funny to me is how how Christians have sort of in the last what five years, five ten mm-hmm. years, we've really like hopped on the hip hop train in the sense that like this seems to be the genre that we care about, like. Um, even nerds, even like Christian nerds are like white papering about hip hop. So you get like, uh, I don't know, like boys, college guys, like writing papers about it. And, um, yeah, guys, guys in blue it. blazers are writing about hip hop. It's a blue blazer phenomenon, man. This is, this has become a blue blazer approved topic and it just blows my mind. I don't get it. Uh, I need someone to explain this to me because of all the genres. I mean, you would think, you know, you would think like, skinny weaselly like uh acoustic guitar hipster music would be our purview you know what i mean um but but yet here we are like having it out over hip-hop it's fascinating pipe what do you make of this you're you're a guy who kind of moves in both circles i know you listen to hip-hop but i also know that you know the blue blazer crowd is is a part of your day-to-day professional life so it's a a world i have to have to be able to navigate even though i don't own a blue blazer and anytime i put on a jacket of any variety i feel like i'm wearing a costume um me too man I not I have, me because it's I can do it ironically, but go on. <laughs> that's that's right. You you can you can wear it with skinny jeans and people are like, oh, he looks so cool. Um, as I do, as you do, of course. Um, I again, this is this is a little bit like the uh, the claiming of the very public Christian because it's there's good in it. You know, it's not a bad thing when somebody public. Perf- you know, publicly professes to be a believer and seems to live it out. That's a good thing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we hang a lot of hopes on it. This to me seems a little bit like, um, <clears throat> well, first of all, it's, it, it feels like, uh, a discovery thing for white people. Like mm-hmm. they, they grew up listening to DC talk and thought that, you know, love is a verb was, uh, was hip hop. And then they discovered mm-hmm. that like, there's actual real artists who do this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and then there was a whole era of hip hop that was much more like aggressively gangster rap. And that's not a thing that's easy to sort of in good conscience attach yourself to, uh, as a, a conservative Christian person. But then there's the rise of like Christian hip hop artists who are pretty good. And, and that gave people license. And then they started to listen to the people who influenced those artists. And as, and as people do in trying to be cultural experts, they be, you know, they sort of like, oh, I love hip hop. 
like you've listened to hip hop for four years and Lecrae was the first one you ever heard. Like that, that doesn't mm-hmm. count. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then there's the lyrical aspect of it. You know, the fact that you can say more in a four minute hip hop song than you can in a four minute pop song. And mm-hmm. I just, the, the thing that I don't get though, and I'm going to, I'm going to poke a nerve on this one. I think some of it is the, with people's rising awareness and desire for things like racial reconciliation and, um, and diversity, hip hop feels like a way to be diverse in the safest way possible mm. because you can listen to black music and you don't have to know any black people. And Dude, it reminds me of that scene in office space where remember the Michael Bolton character yes. and he's in his car and he's listening to hip hop and he's got it cranked up. Yes. And he's, he pulls up to a, a, a four-way stop and there's like a black dude walking along the, the street next to him. And he like turns the music down and locks his door. And just hunkers down. Yeah. 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 That's, and, and I feel a little bit like that. I mean, cause I, it's not uncommon to hear, you know, nine white hipsters or, or seven blue blazers because they're always in groups of seven biblical and all that talking mm-hmm. about the intricacies of hip hop. But but you don't see them like there's not that's not diversity you know right it's right. i like jazz i like blues i like a lot of music that is traditionally i mean african americans created it and are the best artists mm-hmm. at it uh it mm-hmm. has that has nothing to do with uh racial sensitivity or um right. or diversity but i think mm-hmm. i think there's an element of that because it makes white people feel closer to that without ever mm-hmm. having to take mm-hmm. a risk so mm-hmm. uh i i don't know that that's true i'm sort of i just i think that that is an i think that's an element of it mm. yeah no that totally makes sense big r what do you make of this yeah, man, it's I'm with Piper. I, I think he's right. I think the other side of that is that, you know, I think we're very industry driven. So I think that's always kind of a disappointment for me is that um, it seems like Christianity and sort of Christian industry just hates. They've just hated so badly about about living in the margins of things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so what they do is they're, they're drawn to anything that verges into a pop art category, especially mm-hmm. if it, if it becomes highly influential. And mm-hmm. so they just grab hold of it because again, um, whether it's perceived or real, um, man, we hate, we hate that this Christianity thing has kept us, you know, in the margins in terms sure. of artistic expression. When I think that if they would just go back and embrace some of the margins, we would have a richer artistic community within, you know, all of our different Christian tribes. But the fact mm-hmm. that they are just so eager to have something that um, hits more of a, a you know a wider circle and a mm-hmm. wider platform. That again, it's all all we do is embrace the things that everybody else is embracing, and what it does, it doesn't it 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 doesn't give any exclusivity to what it is that we're doing, which is a very very like marginalized message, right? And again, this is getting into a bunch of other things. But so when I see Chance the Rapper, it's like everybody's just super pumped because Lecrae's selling a million records. It's like that's all great, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think like what about all the other stuff that is like really shows really great artistic sensibility that not a lot of people know about, but you have Christians engaging in those things. Like can we ever give some props and some attention um, to those types of artists? But we don't. We fall into the same mindset and the same trap that we get from the general market, which is – it's big, therefore it is. And I think it's kind of a bummer that we do that. I wish we didn't do that. 
I wish I wish we stayed more marginalized, and I think the art would be better if we did that. That's not taking anything away from Chance or Lecrae or these guys because they they do have a high artistic element, but it's still pop art, and the only reason why it's getting attention is because it's getting attention. Well, there's my rant for the day, boys. <laughs> yeah, but, wow. I, I mean, I think I think that what, what Ronnie's saying makes makes a ton of sense because we we live in a culture where where things matter. Uh, in direct correlation to how popular they are, you know, uh, it you get the the rising tide of popularity determines the value of something. It has no value on its own, you know. And and reality TV is a, is a great example of this. You know, things that like you, tens of millions of people watch shows that are just patently absurd and valueless because because they're they're sort of titillating and popular. And and you see the same thing in the Christianity side where like. We value churches based on popularity and size and speakers based on that, but there's not the inherent value there. Like if you broke down what they're saying, like that's not any better than what anybody else is saying. And there's better preachers who who are at small churches. And and I think I think in the art world, it it's no longer an art world. It is it is it is a, a consumer product world. And so there are artists in it. Like I would say Chance the Rapper is a genuine artist. I think Lecrae is incredibly skilled. Um but but that's not what attracts people as much as the the popularity that that attracts the first people, and then everybody else just follows based on popularity. And so it is sort of a it's a it's a it's a lemming it's a lemming uh, religious thing where people just sort of follow along. I think. Boys, I'm going to leave you with one more question, um, and you can just you can say a name. You can explain your your rationale behind this of. Of all the, the the landscape of sort of Christian authors that we interact with uh, in our in our lives, could all the way from the the more famous ones to the less famous ones, um, which do you think would be most likely to cut a rap album, <laughs> <laughs> or who would you want to see cut a rap album? Well, those are two very what, different questions. Well, maybe answer them both. <laughs> most Suss likely, it up, I take it. Uh, uh, let's and see here. The one you would most want to cut a rap Because I frankly don't want anyone to cut a rap album. I'm fine with that. Maybe do you happening. not listen to rap? No, you, not at so all. So you're you're not you're not hopping on this this thing. I am not hip hopping on this thing, no, absolutely not. Most likely. So you're not you're not trying to catch a little bit of like uh cultural cachet by saying that you listen to hip hop. No, honestly, that's, and that's I'm not, I'm not that you're doing. Not at all. I mean, I'm not bitter against it. I, I see sure. some of the artistic, uh, you know, especially in the production of some of it, which is mm-hmm. if I would listen to it, it would just be for the sounds and the production. But I sure. literally have like zero interest in it as an art form. And I'm not saying it's not an art form. I believe it is. Personally, sure. zero interest. Yeah. Wow, man. That makes you way less, you know, culturally relevant than it does. It pretty totally much everyone does. we know. But but I, I appreciate know. the honesty. I appreciate uh, you appreciating the honesty. You you got it, baby. You got it. Pipe, do you have a couple of names for us? Well, I mean, I don't know if he counts as an author because he eschews actual publishing, but I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen L. Trogi put out a hip-hop album. <laughs> I mean, if, it would be like four and a half tracks long, and the, 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 the last one he just would sort of quit doing halfway through. Um, but that, that seems like something he might do. Um, does he eschew actual publishing, or does actual publishing Oh, he, he doesn't have very many nice things to say about the, the publishing industry. Um, oh. which Why is, not? What did they do to him? Only the well, good stuff, Trunks. He's, he's not an A-lister as an author, which means that he, uh, you know, you only get so which many. Which means that clearly the industry is wrong. You only get so many perks. Well, and he's, I think he only published with one publishing company. Um, and mm-hmm. so I think, you know, 
that can leave a bad taste in the mouth without seeing how everybody else treats authors. And true. And then he's he just likes doing things his way, which is why I think he could put out a hip hop album. I wouldn't be shocked, even though I don't think he's a huge hip hop fan. I just feel like he might take a creative risk. Um, mm. Who would I um, want to put one out? Besides Trevin Wax, the, there there is no serious answer to this question. <laughs> Besides Owen Strand. Oh, I think Owen's a good hip hop. Funny, name. funny story about Trevin Wax and hip hop. Yeah. So I, when I started, that is a good hip hop name too, though. Big T. That's a right. great hip hop yeah. name. When, when I started at Lifeway uh, three and a half years ago, I worked two offices down or three offices down from Trevin. And I was listening to Bone Thugs and Harmony in my office one day, quietly enough that I wouldn't offend my coworkers. But mm-hmm. I'm listening to this and he pops his head into my office just to say, hey, and I, you know, I turned the music off because I didn't want to hurt his feelings or something. And uh, and he's like, oh, who is that? And I said, Bone Thugs and Harmony. He goes, oh, is that a Christian group? And uh, wow. that sums up. Boy, he doesn't the, want that story told out loud, man. Well, I, I just, think I, I tweeted it immediately following. So this is <laughs> this is Tre, Trevin is fantastic. And has, he's, he does not he's not afraid to laugh at himself and also uh-huh. to acknowledge that he doesn't know anything about the hip hop world. But that sort of sums That's up funny. the Christians interaction with hip hop. They're like, oh, it has a beat. Is that Lecrae? Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that I, that was amusing to me. Uh, Trevin doing a hip hop album would be funny to me. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I, I feel like Rick Warren and his Hawaiian shirt doing some sort of <laughs> some sort of hip hop thing would be um, sort of ironically and really painfully amazing. Mm. I think that I think mm. I could I could go with that. <laughs> Other than that, there's just there's nobody because I feel like they would either take it too seriously and be terrible or they just wouldn't yeah. be capable. Like Tim Keller doing it would be incredible. But like, can you can you honestly envision Tim Keller? stepping mm. out in that uh bold of a way i, I can't i can't i do, know i tried do you I have an answer for this question ted uh you know the trogues thing makes a lot of sense to me like if i if i were if i were laying odds on who who would who would do it it would be him um trevin wax as we've discussed incredible hip-hop name yeah great name. um he he is coming into this with with the advantage of that already um so what about you know, uh, hey Big T? What about um, yeah. I was just thinking, Matt. You made me think of like, like, like I think Katie Y would be a good hip hop name. He could do kind of a Macklemore like white, you know, yes. like hip hop thing. I mean, just yeah, just Dutch. seeing him attempt to do that would be really, really amazing. Kind of white, kind of Dutch American rap, you right? Know? Kind of nerd, um, kind of nerdist Dutch American Dutch reformed yeah. rap. Nerdist, nerdist <laughs> Dutch American reformed rap. I like it. Ronnie, and Katie Y, I mean, he has kind of the initials there too. You don't know what yes. it means. You know, you're like yeah. a little out. It's on kind that. of mysterious. It's a little bit dangerous. You know. Yeah. And, and yeah, the cover could be like just a silver Honda Odyssey. You know, and, and <laughs> with with like some cash cascading down on it, and uh, and and not any kind of specific rims. Just and like, like the factory and, and like rims one, that come one on the Odyssey, one red tulip <laughs> sort of sitting on the hood or something like that, Ooh, just for yeah. some, some symbolism. Now just for talking. some symbolism, just for a little pop of color. Would I, I maybe like even it. call the group like KDY and Tulip or something like that. You know? oh, Would either of you be shocked to find out that one of these you know, famous preachers has the hidden talent of like he's a – He's a freaky good rapper. Like I, I would not be stunned to find out that David Platt can lay down some lyrics. Yeah, that would mm. make. Sense. I mean, it just. I don't know why that makes sense, but it does. Because like. he strikes me as somebody who has a life that he used to live. That this yes. this current iteration, it was like the God turned his life totally around. He he has some. Uh, 
he has something in his past. Like I, I bet he, I bet he knows every lyric uh, from like every major hip hop album yes. from like ninety one to ninety six or something like that. It just, it has to be the case. And the fact that he's so like monotone now when he preaches and everything, you could just see him like basically like turning into this different mm. person. Yeah, like the lights, the lights, the beat, that. and it's just poof, and it just like yeah. it just drops. I could absolutely see that. Yeah, Platty, well, Platty is our guy. Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk to let's talk to uh, DP, and we'll uh, figure out if he has something going on on the side. Platty, if you're listening, let us know if you were a hip hop fan at any point in your life. I, I really do want to know about this now. Yeah, we'll bring I'm you on the curious. show. We'll talk hip hop. We'll talk, you know, missions, and we'll 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 make it all good. We'll we'll round it out. You know, absolutely, absolutely. Dave, David Platt starring in Nine Mile. <laughs> Nine Mile. Oh, I love it. I love it. Boys, we have uh, we have done what we always do on this program. And uh, if you guys want to go longer, I have to go, but. Do you guys want to keep talking, or, or should we just wrap this thing? I think, I think we can, uh, no, I think no we can land this. No yeah, pun, but let's it. wrap it. Yeah. It's been good. Oh, oh, wah, I love that, Big R. Strong. I love what you did just there. That was good. No Boys, we've no done pun, what we pun. always do on the program. We've uh, we've wandered to and fro, and uh, we have enjoyed it. We've enjoyed talking hip-hop with you. And until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. Resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Hey, Ted, what do you want to do today? Well, Ashley, I've always got uh, work to do, naps to take. But I have a better idea. How about we invite everyone to listen to the Team Us podcast? I love that idea. Let's do it right now. Hi, everyone. We're Ted and Ashley Slater, and we'd love for you to join us as we talk about teamwork in marriage. We share how grace, commitment, and cooperation can help couples live the everyday moments of marriage together. To listen, go to lifeaudio.com and search for Team Us.